and there you go, much better. And then I am going to refresh that and it's like not letting us do anything. Oh well, we'll have to figure that out. Oh, now it's actually letting us do something awesome. Cool, and we're back, finally. Uh, welcome back guys, uh, Q&A episode, uh, let's see here, uh, 23. Got our nice little uh, trusty whiteboard, trusty electronic whiteboard, uh, because who wouldn't want to do that? So sorry for all, all right. those uh, technical um, difficulties, if you know what I mean. Yep. We're, we're still trying to comprehend the alien technology that was given yeah, to us. It's very alien. Uh, it came from this place. Uh, it came from deep in the Amazon, actually. Um, and uh, for some from, reason... Uh, came from planet Yardred, actually, but that's okay. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh. Is that like well, a it was Dragon Ball reference? <laughs> <laughs> came from uh, an Amazon in planet Yardred, so I guess you were still correct. Oh, okay. So, so that was a, a Dragon Ball reference. Okay, that's fantastic. Okay. Anyway, um, it's fantastic. Let's just get the show on the road. Like seriously, uh, yeah. let's just do that. So, lay it on me. Uh, Format-wise, guys, um, we do. Um, what do we got here? We pa do, uh, uh, platinum Patreon first, then silver Patreon next, and then super chats, and then Discord, and then YouTube questions. That's basically yeah. the order of which we'll pri prioritize questions. Um, so yeah, if you haven't signed up for Patreon, please sign up for Patreon. I guarantee you it's probably a lot cheaper than sending super chats and we get more of the money. You know, we don't, you don't have to worry about, um, who's, who's the, who's the CEO of Google now? Him uh, getting more no money idea. or, oh, um, whatever. Let's just jump into the questions. Um, hashtag sell out Patreon, coin operated. Coin operated. Hashtag coin operated. Discord. Oh. YouTube. All right. So the first question comes from Mr. Washness, and he Mr. asks, Washness. Will someone be more attracted to someone else of their most compatible types when you account for sexual orientation and physical appearance versus people not of their compatible type, even if they are not familiar typing? Familiar with typing, sorry. For example, even if a female ENTP didn't know what type Zuck is, would they be attracted to him if you account for their param parameters? Uh... It's possible. Uh, it really, it really comes down to this one thing right here, nurture. Right. Nurture is everything, and that and, and nurture is a lot of stuff. Like so, for example, nurture could be like their birth date, right? The date of their birth. Right. Uh, it could be whether or not uh, they're fit, you know, and what and what kind of life habits do those persons have, right? Habits. Right. What kind mm -hmm. of habits those people have? And by the way, like my, my penmanship is terrible. I got a minus in fifth grade from Mrs. Wheeler on my penmanship. <laughs> and it made my dad like really mad uh, when he saw that. So, uh, and I didn't ever care to increase that skill. So uh, that's kind of a little bit interesting. Boots drawing is right here. Boots drawing has not been forgotten. It is here. Uh, it will be framed and, and hung up properly because we need to protect boots drawing. Uh, so that's kind of where that is. We're going to put it in a vault under yeah. a, in an ancient lair with ancient traps of poison spikes that come out of the ground. If you step on p pressure plates, like it's going to be the whole works. It's literally going to be a Tomb Raider episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
again, fashion is another thing, but but it all just stems to like, you know, nurture, right? So nurture still has a lot to do with attraction. If like, obviously your souls, you know, match up together through a golden pair, um, that's right. great, you know, but, uh, or even like, you know, sexual versus emotional compatibility. Because for example, um, you have, uh, you have sexual compatibility, um, so which you kind of want to be aware of uh which is only just one aspect of rom romantic compatibility and then you have emotional compatibility and emotional compatibility well it's a little bit different all you have to realize is is that okay so like watch season five this it kind of somewhat explains how compatibility works um for uh, cognitive uh, synchronicity so cognitive synchronicity uh, covers, uh, wow, my penmanship is terrible. Sorry, not sorry. And eraser. Uh, but yeah, so cognitive synchronicity, it's season five. Watch it. It explains how cognitive functions line up in a general sense, but you really want to pay attention to sexual compatibility, emotional compatibility. If you want to learn more about those two compatibilities, maybe you should become a Patreon uh, gold tier subscriber and get in on some of those private lectures because that's what we're actually discussing right now with the golden pair lectures. And in fact, there's episode six right there. I haven't even filmed it yet. So just be advised. But again, you know, from a, from like, you know, we have it in red on the whiteboard, for example, why is that in red? It's because those represent like the human nature components, but there's a lot of human nurture there. And remember a human being is basically a combination of, okay, so we have this, you know, human, uh, uh, nurture thing and then here's human nature right and then you have the human being right here in the center okay so it's a venn diagram right so human nature is only what up to 60 percent say um 60 percent of the equation and that's right. up to 60 percent i mean there's some like give and take there depending on how important uh you know nurture is so anyway that's how i'd answer that question um and uh yeah let's uh let's move on with that I think this is going to make things a lot easier in trying to keep track of what questions that we actually do. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> All right. So next will be. Okay. So this is from Hibernator, and he asks, "What is the best martial art to for INTJs to train? BJJ, Muay Thai, Wing Chun, maybe? In what order? For for which for which type? INTJs. INTJs." Honestly, it would probably be the one that matches their ENTP counterpart, and that would be Jeet Kune Do, Jeet Kune Do uh, JKD, which is Gung Fu. If not, then definitely Wing Chun, uh, as Wing Chun is a, is a major, um, well, as Jeet Kune Do was derived from Wing Chun as long as other styles. But they have to have a complete package. Um, I have noted that uh, Muay Thai can be very NI driven, and that would probably also be highly recommended. Uh, Muay Thai, but again, if you're doing Muay Thai, then perhaps you should be mixing that in with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So uh, honestly, though, like you want uh, you want a fighting style that you can handle when your people are standing up, and then one that you can handle with being on the ground. So have Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for being on the ground, and then you want uh, something for on the top. So either be it Jeet Kune Do or Muay Thai, and just kind of choose it from there. But given that there's a lot of NTPs that do do uh, that they do uh, Jeet Kune Do uh, specifically, and they practice it, you're probably better off by, from a compatibility standpoint with who actually studies that style to do Jeet Kune Do uh, along with the fellow NTPs and SFJs out there because that's your highest compatible quadra. And that's what I would recommend uh, in that direction. 
All right. Well, the next question comes from Helen Zhang. Just uh, no nonsense moving forward. Besides codependent no more, no more Mr. Nice Guy, and the art of seduction, are there any other recommendations for females with regards to books, especially INTJ females? Thanks. Um, There's this one old book. Uh, Okay, yes, there's... Okay, there's three books, actually. Um, I'll write them out here. So, um, Real Marriage by... uh, This is uh, Mark Driscoll, who just happens to be a very infamous uh, person because he was ousted a few years ago, and his wife, Grace. That's an excellent book. It actually has uh, the absolute best definition of respect in terms of relationships that I've ever seen. It's it's amazing. Uh, so Real Marriage with Mark Driscoll uh, and Grace, they both co-wrote it. Uh, and he actually has a lecture series available on YouTube that explains each individual chapter. Uh, and they're actually broken down into various sermons. Uh, you're just going to have to deal with the Christian knees uh, because it's very Christian because the guy's a pastor. But uh, the book, in terms of like its application and whatnot, it's actually fantastic. Another book to read is known as Love and Respect. And this was written by Emerson uh, Egerichs. I don't know if I am actually saying that or spelling that correctly. But yeah, Love and Respect is also another really good book uh, to consider as well. Um, Again, be mindful of the Christianese uh, there. And the other book, I'm not entirely sure I would recommend it, but um, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty sound. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to recommend that book on the stream, honestly, uh, but uh, it does kind of give a good idea in terms of, I mean, because the rest of the books out there are basically pickup artist books that kind of are tailored towards men more so than women. But I recommend women read pickup artist books all the time, if possible, because that gives them, uh, you know, uh, a chance um so yeah that's how i'd answer that okay all right well the next question is from bite and she asks how does an infj motivate an isfj how do i insert this ambition in them we don't see eye to eye when i tell her about her potential and future possibilities how do i get her to realize this so how do i motivate an isfj Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Wouldn't that come from a sense of duty? Yeah, you have to obligate them, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- you definitely have to obligate them. Uh, you have to make it known that their behavior is actually harming other people, and you have to bring people that they are harming to them and have those people hold the ISFJ accountable. And Literally an intervention. An actual intervention, that's correct. An intervention goes a long, long way uh, with that. So my phone likes just to keep going off for some reason. Yeah, Chase is really popular today. Yeah. <laughs> really I popular. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's fine. Let's go on to the next question. Okay. Valentina writes, I'm in love with an INFJ. What are some simple things to say to an INFJ that will make them lo- more likely to you in a romantic way? Also, what is some general advice as to how to get into a relationship with an INFJ? This is from an ENFP, I believe. Okay, you could say from an ENFP. Okay, you could say things like this. Um, it's impossible. Uh, 
um, for you to make me uncomfortable. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Right, but do you think that's a little bit too forward for an informative type? And I could, my... I could care less because I mean, even the ESTP subconscious likes having relationships with direct people, and you're hitting that subconscious pretty hard. And the ISTJ subconscious of the ENFP is direct, so why not be direct? You see what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah, it's impossible for you to make me uncomfortable or I feel uh, really good about you. That's another one as well. Uh, very, very important. Um, I'm like left-handed, so this is kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, like it's, you just want to hit their common functions in a positive way. You just be like, hey, you always have a choice. You can always do whatever you want. Uh, I feel really good about you. Uh, here's, a, here's a big one right here. Um, what do you think? Because remember, the INFJ feels worthless at all times. They like literally feel worthless. So how do you get around worthlessness? Well, how do you how do you solve the worthlessness? Well, you got to give them opportunities to be useful. So ask them asking them what they think gives them a chance to be useful. Because oh, I'm really useful. I'm really valuable right now. I could feel good about myself, etc. Right. And that's, you know, anyway, this is all covered in the upcoming Golden Pair episode. And it's also covered in uh, um, uh, the uh, How to Social Engineer um, INFJs, which is just about to come out. Perfect. <clears throat> Next question. Oh, we have someone asking where do you get your percentages from like sjs are 40 percent, etc i believe this is actually an entp who said this which is weird because it sounds like a cite your sources yeah uh so from a percentages point of view a lot of those numbers originally came from the mbti they also came from uh david kiersey uh they also came from uh there's a lot of um dr john bb as well Linda Behrens also offers some numbers as well uh, from some of her books, but it, again, it's just it's anyone's guess. Ultimately, I mean, they're they're just they're really ballparking it, and the reason why uh. they're just so ballparked is because it's so difficult to identify for real what people's types actually are, and that's a huge issue, right? So, yeah, I was literally some... about to jump in and yeah, like TI in. critic and be like. Ah, but if those tests are so false, how do you know these numbers are even somewhat accurate? Exactly. We don't necessarily know that, but the thing is though, I forget what that effect is, is that when you have poor test results, I mean, the logical thing is that it's possible that the, uh, that the opposite may be true as well. So there's a good chance that they could be accurate a little bit, but not really based on that premise. And I forgot what that like, uh, that test, uh, effect is it's not the placebo effect but it's like a different it's like a, it's like this weird uh, 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 accurate confirmation bias theory or something like that right. it, it's weird I, I forgot what it's called but uh, but along in terms of statistical analysis that's always a risk right here's the thing though once we have our software up and running and people are using it we'll be able to actually gather those statistics around the world very easily and provide reports to the public which actually shows okay here's how the human race is actually distributed from a psychological standpoint right right so so yeah we're getting there we just need to continue to build this community and the all of the great products that we have in design and to be made available to this community so right well 
I was actually going to make a really good point, but I already forgot about it. I think I was going to say that, you know, even if a test is... So what do they say? It's wrong 40% of the time? Would you say that's an accurate semblance? Yeah, yeah. The test... Uh directional slash ballparking at best. Uh, yes, that's exactly uh, how I'd say that. Well, well I mean, provided, provided it makes the same mistakes, statistically speaking, if, uh, you know, say an ENTP is 40% of the time going to be typed as an ENTJ, at yep. the same time, if an ENTJ is going to be 40% typed as an EN, uh, ESTP, like, isn't that going to, like, cancel e the errors going to cancel each other out and effectively the mistyping provided that it's consistently, like, false in the in a consistent way it will end up canceling each other out but i'm not too convinced that that would happen i have seen consistent mistyping with respect to judging versus perceiving especially with intuitives because yeah. of how shit the mbti system is but if it's consistent if the mistypings are consistent in that way those numbers will actually appear to be somewhat accurate but i guess the problem with the size of the community we have right now i think we're going to get like 30 percent infjs <laughs> uh, I know, right? I know. <laughs> That's another thing too. Like, not everyone's actually interested in this. Good luck convincing like a um, like, a, right. like an ST, you know, that that's gonna do that. Like, no, it's just not going to work. Right, right, right. Well, you know, hopefully people throw their horoscopes in the trash and actually take up something that actually works. I know, right? All right cool. Next question. <laughs> next question. Um, okay, this comes from Kana. Good old Kana. Asks, we love Kana. Which type is the most likely to fall for peer pressure? In a discussion, we came to a conclusion ESFP over ISFJ over ENFP in this order. Do you agree? Uh, which type falls under peer pressure the most? Uh, that would be the ESFP. ESFP. Right. So they were correct. They put ESFP and then ISFJ second and then ENFP third. Okay, say that again. So in the order of which they discussed it, they said in in terms of... Well, I'm not sure if it's in terms of all the types or just these three types. When it comes to peer pressure, an ESFP would be the most likely to fall under peer pressure, an ISFJ would be second, and an ENFP would be third. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that, but quite honestly, like... SFP plus NTJ quadra uh, probably uh, adheres to peer pressure more than anyone else, honestly. And then it gets into, uh, and then after that, it would be um, uh, STJ um, plus NFP quadra coming in second. But this one for sure is the uh, main one for peer pressure. Uh, I don't know how, like, I've even seen INTJs giving into peer pressure pretty hard, especially in their youth, like, especially in their teens. Like, I, I've seen that consistently, even for INTJs. And ENTJs oh, are all about peer pressure because they also use peer pressure to pressure other people as well so uh okay well uh, i mean i don't i don't well I, i'm not a victim of that because i don't drink alcohol i've never smoked weed and like your audience is gonna be like what you've never smoked weed before what are you like that nine percent of people who haven't smoked weed yeah but that's me sorry Oh, okay. For a second there, it's more like, oh, what? You're you're a good person? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Usually when it comes to peer pressure, it's stuff like alcohol or drugs or, you know. Yeah. But next question, I just man. never really cared. Yeah, next question. Um, What types or what function is most likely to experience or believe they have experienced the paranormal? I'd just say intuitives. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll tell you the exact type that is. I'll tell you exactly what type that is. 
ENFPs? INFJ. Ah, uh, really? Hands down. Hands down. Especially because of things like uh, TE Trickster, guys. Because TE Trickster, guess what the weakness of TE Trickster is? I'll tell you right now what it is. It is they can believe literally anything? believe anything. <laughs> anything. Right. Anything. Like, so much. <laughs> literally believe in anything the INFJ can. You know what's really interesting about that, too? Guess what? Guess what? Right. The ISFJ right. has a similar problem, which if you think about it, that means the ISFJ ends up putting their faith in the wrong things. And when that happens, uh -oh. oh, like, you know, like organized religion. <gasps> wow. Putting your faith in wrong things. Organized religion. It's very sensible, right? Very, very traditional. Yet I have TE trickster, so I can like literally believe in anything. Wow. Right. And then they yeah. enforce that upon other people. Oh, man. Especially their families. Wow. That's really effective. Thank you, ISFJs, for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, and then they get really mad, and then they're like, oh, if you don't give 10% of your income to this multi-million dollar pasta, then you're a bad person. Yep, you're a very bad person. <laughs> very, 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 very bad person, for sure. So. That effy parent. Yeah. Let's go on to the next question. Um, let's see. Ginger Assassin asks... How does ADHD medication affect types and development of the mind in a child? Uh, that depends. Uh, is the ADHD providing a stem? And if it is providing a stem, then uh, if stem, um, then uh, usually it's almost always the subconscious. Here's the problem with it being in the subconscious though. What if there are other drugs too? Like, because anything could potentially promote uh, cognitive uh, transition. So like there's there's a bunch of different risks there. It's really hard to, you know, see which side of the mind people are being put in because usually if they're taking like one type of drug, they're, they're part of that mindset where taking drugs is okay. Like they have that right. mindset and it's like, oh, I have this mindset and that basically means like, you know, I have to listen to doctors and trust everything they say, you know. I, I am not a, a, a proponent of allopathic medicine. I'm just not, uh, mostly because I've had allopaths screw me over more than most people in my life, to be honest. And Same. Yeah, and when, when you're dealing with allopaths and whatnot, they're utilizing medical science from like the 1970s. Like they still think cholesterol causes heart disease which is actually completely incorrect. And if you actually believe that, if you actually believe cholesterol uh, uh, causes heart disease, LOL, you need to read these books. Read Deep Nutrition, which right. uh, disproves that. Uh, read Gary Taubes, uh, who disproves that. Uh, read Michael Pollan, who, guess what? Disproves that. Uh, read um, Eat to Live, um, that book. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, more of disapproval. So like, like seriously, there's all these sources out here of people who have way better credentials than Ansel Keys uh, and who have disproven that uh, cholesterol causes uh, heart disease. And maybe y'all should figure it out. You wanna know what causes heart disease? I'm gonna write it out right now. Here's the cause. There you go. There you go. That's the cause. So go look it up. Anyway. Uh, 
I wrote it on the whiteboard, man. Sugar. All oh, right. Sorry, I've got the delay. I couldn't see it until a few seconds. <laughs> sugar. The sugar. Yeah. Are you my Are you my sugar daddy? Are you my sugar daddy, Jeb? I thought you were my sugar daddy. Like, Whoa. when's my next check Whoa. coming? Whoa. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I just got I just got reamed. <laughs> I, I'm just the poor innocent girl who works at a strip club, and I need you to send me money. Yeah. But anyway, if it's a stim, it's typically the subconscious. Um, if it's a depressant, it's typically the unconscious. But you have to think of like, well, are they on caffeine that day? Like, or some people are like, oh, I'm I'm drunk on alcohol, and then all of a sudden they start having caffeine at the same time. It's like, okay, well, where where is it actually going? And then you got to think of the neural pathways, and especially like in a child, that can be very difficult, and it can actually open up neural pathways in certain areas, and they could be stuck in a side of their mind longer than normal and then they're really stuck in that and then because of that their cognitive development is actually uh, prevented from exploring the other sides of their quadra and then they end up stuck in that one side of their mind you know through adolescence so be careful of that um anyway yeah um next question comes from lev and he asks chase which types do you place in your classifications of alpha, beta, gamma, and omega? Is this like alpha males, beta males? Is that what he means? I, I think he's talking about quadras, if I remember correctly, because quadras have, there's the alpha quadra, which I'm part of. There's the delta quadra, gamma, and the oh, uh, beta. He's writing something to clarify. Okay. Because I know... Perfect. I know alpha males, beta males, gamma males, and omega males are a thing. Yeah, I don't really know what gamma males actually is. I know what uh, betas and omegas and alphas are. Yeah. All right, he's writing something to clarify. We'll see. Uh, Yes, what Chase was talking about. So you were right. Sorry, I was wrong for the first time in like... Yeah, so so Quadras is coming out in season 17 and episode 2, I believe, is going public tonight. So S17 episode 2 is public tonight. Uh, one thing about uh, this thing, uh, again, I'm sorry-ish that season 17 is controversial, uh, but I just have to get uh, these issues uh, out of the way. And it's controversial because... Uh, when we're talking about, uh, we're getting like into like the deep uh, skeletal, the skeleton of Jungian um, uh, Jungian uh, depth psychology. Because when you're looking at from a, a depth psychological standpoint, I, I'm sorry, like if you've ever been to like a Jungian depth psychology meet, which oh guess what, I live in the Sacramento area now, that means I can actually go back to my Jungian group. But like they get like super far out, man. I mean, it's like it's like these people have already been like they, they show up to the meetup and they're already on psychedelics because they're already like tripping out. You know what I'm saying? They're like oh more places. No, it's I, like it's crazy. This things that we talk about, man. And uh, I got to say, this Jungian group is like something completely, completely different. Um, uh, so. Is this your secret Illuminati Jungian group? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I thought you were the, in charge of that uh, job. I thought you were showing me the ways. <laughs> On that one. Uh, okay. Um, I told you not to say that on stream. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. What's next? Um, the next question comes from. Well, I guess it would now be time for super chats because that's basically all the patrons, right. unless we want to double up super chats or regular. We will. Q. We'll double up on that in twenty minutes. Let's let's do super chats. All right. <laughs> 
Well, if any super chats want to come in, in the meantime, I will go to some Discord questions. Questions for season Discord questions, yes. Oh. All right. Which would which type would have the hardest time handling a breakup? Ooh, I'll tell you right now. Those types have the hardest hardest time dealing with the breakup with the ENTP being the number one hardest of them all. What? ENTP yep. having the hardest time breaking up. Yep. With ISFJ as a close second. Yep. I, I thought ENTPs could get over someone in like a night. Uh, they can. Um, like, so it just really depends. It really depends on SI. Like how deep is that SI? How deep is it? Right. Now, you but, can look at it this way. Um, number three is the INTP. Now, the thing about INTPs is that they can actually get like super mega apathetic and then like p mentally break up with someone without actually telling them that they're broken up and then just like behave a certain way and then just have that person live with them or be stuck with them for a long time, even though they've already mentally checked out, etc. But yeah, that, that can be a thing. But, but the thing is, is that it literally is, is like, how deep is the introverted sensing? It does it have the Stockholm syndrome developed? Uh, and then there's also uh, Effie Child as well. Effie Child just can't let go. It just really can't right. let go. And then when you have SI inferior combined with the Effie Child, it really can't go. Now, here's the thing though. If the ENTP, so if the ENTP still feels loyal to the person, then uh, then it's like it's extremely difficult to have any kind of breakup anything with the ENTP. If the ENTP does not feel loyal to them and that person actually screwed them over and they have the sense of justice going on from a justice point of view, then they will move on instantly overnight and that's just all there is to it. They're just going to move right, on. Right, right. Because so, when I always think ENTP's breaking up, I would think of like one hand throwing someone into the dumpster, the other hand on Tinder swiping right. Yes, well, that's not that's technically uh, that's technically true, but that's only after there's a justice issue because that's basically a form of ISFJ uh, subconscious, um, and right. it's revenge basically. That's why that's really where it comes from, you know, from a breakup standpoint. So I see. Huh. All right, so let's go to the next question. Um, so how do you tell which quadra your children are in? Example, INTP plus INFP, three totally different girls. How do you tell what quadra? Okay, you have to do something called cognitive axis analysis. So axis analysis, uh, you have to find the different uh, four cognitive axis. So you have the SE plus NI axis, or axis and then you have the NE plus SI axis. So this one axis here, one axis here. And then over here, you have an additional axis. You have the TE plus FI axis. And then you have the FE plus TI axis. And then you, what you do is you just analyze their behavior, right? That fits which one of these four axes, etc. And then after uh, uh, you've you've analyzed that behavior um, then okay oh he's an he's an obviously an se si and e user great and then he's also because like for example you have to like only choose one of these here choose one of them here it's like okay he's definitely an nesi user he's definitely tefi so automatically we know he is in the stj plus nfp quadra done 
basically, you cognitive function, uh, cognitive access analysis. Now, people are like, okay, now hold on. How do we actually do that? How do we find out if they're TEFI? How do they find out if they're NE plus SI? Well, guess what, folks? You're just going to have to wait till season 18 for that information because I'm not going to go into too much detail here. And there's a reason why I haven't gone into much detail about it on uh, the how to type live streams, basically. But there is an actual method or algorithm or methodology or way of doing things that you can utilize to follow um, reading certain text messages or written content or even spoken words, etc., where you can do a cognitive access analysis and extract certain cognitive function axes, basically, based on certain statements. And then as a result of that, uh, you know, create a statistical analysis that can actually correctly uh, determine what their function stack is, what's in their top four, and then you instantly know what their quatra is. And then after that, you do interaction styles and temperament analysis, and then you have them nailed to, you know, what exactly what type they are. So Perfect. Um, okay, so the next question is, is it fair to say NTs are drawn to controversy and why? Well, I wouldn't say it's NTs. I would say INTJs. Actually, actually hold on. Um, Did we get a super chat? No, there's like another chat. Like if you look in the... Uh, if you look in the YouTube, um, the YouTube channel, someone says, AKA Tanya, how do I deal with my SE function if I'm an SE, uh, if an ESFP, I have trouble being comfortable at work words. Can you read me the rest of that question, Jeb? Okay, um, let me find it. It's like five above from the current one, I believe, because I see Wolfram three in the feed here, so. Okay, I am platinum, but I'm not on my Discord. I am a plethora of me, username, AKA Tanya. How can I deal with my SE function if I am an ESFP? I have trouble um, being comfortable at work where it's a silent desk job. Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. So, so let's look at let's look at ESFP real quick. Okay, so ESFP, and then we have their function stack. You have expert sensing hero, right? And then you have uh, FI uh, parent. Oops, and then we have uh, oops uh, TE uh, child. Then you have ni inferior, right? Okay. So when you're in work at work, you have you know there's a few different obstacles, but don't forget like you know se is connected to ni, so those are connected and they're on an axis with each other. And then you also have fi attached to um, uh, te, right? So they're right there. They're connected to each other. They're doing things. Um, but here's the problem. ESFPs can get into analysis paralysis specifically because of their expert in sensing. I need to see what everyone else is doing. Um, why are they not comfortable? Well, because guess what? There is SI nemesis down here that is making them comfortable. And this is causes worry. The ESFP ends up worrying about uh, lack of experience, basically. So lack of experience is a problem. Uh, and there they worry that they don't like that they don't know enough or that they don't have enough experience in dealing with this particular task especially the job is pretty new to them and because they're worried they typically have that worry the se hero gets stuck in this analysis paralysis where it's trying to find out what other people are doing that way that way you know by knowing what they want to do that way uh they all of a sudden know what they want right it's because these two functions are on axis but here look at it this way it gets even a lot worse than that how it gets worse is that if you have, say, um, you know, FI plus TE, if that FI, let's imagine that FI parent is just not even there. 
and then that's because it's underdeveloped. Let's just assume it's underdeveloped. That child function of TE is just running rampant. It's like literally telling everyone, cite your sources like over and over and over again. It's, it's arguing with tons of people at TE child consistently, not believing anyone what they say, even though they might be actually correct, which just leads to you know NI inferior getting stomped on because they never know what they want to do because they don't actually know what's true because they're not able to even verify their own beliefs because they're not willing to listen to anyone telling them anything. And they're just stuck in this analysis process where they're trying to see what everyone else is doing in order for them to actually get anything done. That's not appropriate. All to make matters worse, they're still worrying about whether or not they have enough experience. How do you solve this problem? It's pretty simple. Uh, all you have to do basically is just, uh, all you have to do is do the following. Um, develop fi parent. That's really it. That's really all you have to do. Uh, and how you do this is you need to focus on having morals and standards. So you create for yourself rules, little rules and routines that you follow, aka systems at the job. And as long as you know for a fact that those rules, routines, standards, and systems are actually producing what everybody wants. What does everyone want at the job place? What does everyone want? What does everyone want? Well, guess what? They want this, results. So you as an ESFP, you need to be focused on performing, focused on being results oriented. If you're results oriented and the systems and little rituals and routines that you've created uh, produce results, then no one can get mad at you. And then as a result, uh, people are comfortable with you. And then your SI nemesis, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And you're basically good to go. So that's how I'd answer that question. Perfect. Okay. Um, so the next question. So the question comes from Celestial and she asks, is it fair to say that NTs are drawn to controversy and why? I wouldn't say it's NTs. I would say INTJs and ENTPs are. And that's because they're movement and they take advantage of controversy because it's chaos. Absolutely. Chaos. Because as uh, Henry Kissinger said, never allow a crisis to go to waste. Yep. That's why. But it's not just, it, it's basically, uh, it's basically these types that do it. Um, so ENXPs and INXJs uh, do it as well. And also, so also do ISTJs and ESTJs. They do it. Now, this is more of like a narrative approach. But in order to get what they want, you know, ISTPs can actually utilize that for some social gain and as also ESTPs. How does that even make sense? Well, check it out, folks. The reason why, the reason why is quite frankly, this right here, STP plus NFJ and S, um, yeah, the STP NFJ quadra and then the STJ NFP quadra. Now, if we're going to break it up in quadras, okay, yeah, these types typically can get really involved in controversy, but it's all about, wait a minute, are we doing the right thing, right? So what's interesting about this, if you look at these quadras right here, this quadra, only that group is a, is, is a pragmatic, while the rest of them are affiliative. So it really depends. Whereas, you know, certain NTs, you know, they're very pragmatic. I mean, like if you have INTJs, they're like super pragmatic, right? So 
it's pretty subjective and when we're talking about okay hey this person's really controversial or they're really interested in controversy and whatnot it's not really about that now if we're going to be talking about like um like conspiracy theories you know that's a little bit different and that's typically abstract types intuitives get involved in that area as well so i hope that made sense right um uh, next question oh so this relates to the previous question about children can you quote some sources for xxxx plus xxxx equals yyyy kids thanks well he's said he's going to do it in season 18 so i think that answers that one yep seasons 17 and 18 thank you okay um where does creativity and or arty stem from in intps the way I make art and develop my skills seems very similar to your descriptions of ISFP artistry. I have not really met very many INTP artists. So, I mean, usually it's because they are shaping something from, and we talked about this earlier today, shout out to Lizard Wizard for this, um, engineering solutions, right? Their art is basically creating solutions. Now, if this person is not actually an INTP, which is a good chance, maybe they should confirm if they are or not and look in INFPs because INFPs are very artistic in as much as ISFPs are as well. So be aware of that. Why? Because it's that FI hero plus TE inferior axis. Uh, INTPs can fan fiction well, in my honest opinion, someone said. Yeah, but what kind of art are we talking about? Art in the physical realm, or or like like you have to define the kind of art that we're talking about because I'm referring to like something like painting, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if we're talking about world building uh, narratives, then right, that's for sure that's that's very uh, ne. And that's why typically INFPs and INTPs have that handled. And I think Robert Jordan, uh, the famous writer, is also an INTP. <laughs> okay, uh, shall we go on to the next question? We've got a super yep. chat. All right, this super chat comes from Jay Patel, and he asks, as an INFJ, how do I develop my iffy parent? People usually tell me I'm too hot when I tell the truth. Probably because of my TI child. Okay, yeah, so let's look at that. So INFJ, and then you have NI hero, FE parent, TI child, SE inferior, right? For their ego, okay? This is their ego, okay? So, okay, let's get rid of that. Let's, hold on, I gotta exit out of the program. There we go. Okay, uh, so let's say that uh, FE parent is just like not really there right now. Um, so it's just not there. Uh, that could be a problem. Um, so uh, so FE parent, like how do I develop it? Well, you have overactive TI child, and that just really leads to you know alienation, which is not uh, ideal. Um, so alienation is not fun. You need this. You need this uh, social responsible parent. Um, so you need to become socially responsible. And you know this really comes from uh, an old old adage from my mentor. Um, he's an ESTP who thinks he's an ISTP to this day, funnily enough. But uh, it goes something like this: 
<laughs> it's called Sorry. uh so right so right whoops um wow the fixed my screen here all right there we go let's get my cursor back so right you're wrong so wow this is crazy chicken scratch so you're right you're wrong so that's the problem you're so right in your ti child that you're actually incorrect why is that because there's a lot of social damage being caused by your overactive ti child and this is something that typically happened uh with a person that we all know and love known as bail uh bail was somebody who was banned from the csj community because of his overactive ti child and uh that's because he did not develop his parent function because what the infj needs to realize is that social uh, interaction um, ends up trumping truth-telling. It's really a priority system. Why is that? Because while truth, while it is true that truth is more important than anything social, while that is true, here's the question. Who will listen, right? Who's going to listen? So in order to get someone to listen at in the beginning, an INFJ needs to overemphasize social interaction first, such that they know for a fact that someone's going to listen to them. And then only after they know what they listen to, then they move down here and then tell the truth. Okay, that's the priority system. And that's how they develop FE Parent to be able to accomplish this. And as a result of that, the result is, guess what? no more alienation and they end up having better relationships they attract higher quality people and they stop mirroring losers and then goes the adage get the losers out of your life so Woo! that's a very cool answer very cool chase very oh it is <laughs> yes how all right, let's uh, keep going down these questions. Do you have any stories or anecdotes to how FI heroes have impacted your life? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you want to you want to go on that one, Jab? You want you want to get on that train? <laughs> well, FI heroes, I'm imagining with your FE child, they would have literally cognitively functioned child abuse you, and treated you like made you feel like absolute crap and guilt. That's shit out right. Of you. I I was sexually abused by an FI hero. Yes, that is true. Um, okay. Yep. I didn't even know you were going there. That's not what I was talking about. Well, uh, that's that's technically uh, what happened. And if you want to find out more about that, you guys can watch uh, season twenty-one, uh, episode I think it's nine. I think where I talk about my sexual abuse history, and uh, and how to social engineer uh, ENTPs. Um, but there's a lot of FI heroes who have impacted my life uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, most notably, uh, that would be uh, Raylan. Uh, and Raylan, if you see here on the camera, um, which for some reason it's backwards on mine, but uh, 
It, she did that Black Lotus painting uh, next to my head in the screen and is awesome. She's also made us some really cool uh, t-shirt designs uh, that we're gonna be making available to the uh, CSJ community in the future, uh, which means mm -hmm. our quality of merchandise is actually gonna go way up specifically because we have her providing additional art. And little does she know that I'm about to ask her actually to send me one of her more recent paintings because I absolutely fell in love with it and I hope she's willing to give it to me. If not, that'll probably make me sad, but uh, it is what it is. Um, that'd so. probably make you sad, okay. Yep, it would. Uh, but I really want that painting. Uh, she sent me like some photos of like three paintings recently, and I was just like, whoa. And the third one is absolutely exquisite. I, I really love that painting. Um, but I also love the Black Lotus painting as well. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, another... Um, uh, another FI hero who has impacted me, uh, that would be uh, Domesday as well, uh, who's a mod here on the Discord server. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, very, uh, very moral human being uh, and is able to really provide a unique perspective. There's also RP, who's a member of our Junto. He's also been a pretty amazing FI hero because he's on INFP as well. Uh, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know some very brilliant INFP academics in my time and some amazing scholars. And then also Robert Green and he, his, all of his books and how they've impacted my life on a regular basis. He's an INFP, uh, which is also really exquisite as well. So I, I, I really think very highly of FI heroes. They have their hangups just like everybody else, but um, they definitely have some some serious value uh, to add because without the world we couldn't uh, I mean the world would uh, not be as good so but yeah uh, I think uh, I think that's uh, enough to answer that question right okay um, according to you what are the five best professions for an ENFJ okay um Executive uh, admin, um, general uh, contractor, uh, production manager, event coordinator, chef. Uh, there's also um, uh, nightclub owner. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, and project uh, project manager, actually. Okay. Yep. Uh, next question is a super chat. It comes from Max Sergeant. He asks. How can I win back an ENFP's trust plus sharing your story? I'm certain is changing lives. Thumbs up, thumbs up. So how can you win back an ENFP's trust? Uh, how to win back an ENFP's trust. Um, basically, uh, trust for an ENFP. So it's done in a couple ways. Uh, first things first, you need to demonstrate that you want them. So they need to feel wanted. So you need to demonstrate that first and foremost. The second thing you need to do is uh, get third parties to vouch for you. They need to vouch on your trustworthiness. And it has to be many people. 
other people basically going to the ENFP and literally telling the ENFP, oh, hey, by the way, this guy's trustworthy. And they have to provide actual evidence, anecdotal I, evidence. Yes, can, interject, can please. I, I want to, exactly, I was actually going to use the word interject. You read my mind. I just want to say, you said win it back. I think a key crucial piece of information is what you did to violate the trust in the first place. Yes. So... The thing is, what you've done is literally going to etch into that SI. Yep, and number three thing is, which we said earlier, make them comfortable as possible. Right, so, like, unless we get some extra some extra context, I think we can only answer what you've answered so far. But. Yep. Next question. Next question is... What do you think about typing people through micro expressions and body language? Uh, that's known as visual uh, typing. And my ESTP mentor is an expert at that. Uh, although if you don't want to look at his stuff because it's not out there, look at Voltology. They are the current, uh, in my opinion, the current uh, group or system that specializes in visual uh, typing. Outside of Voltology, I really don't care. And right. outside of my mentor, I really don't care. Right. Next question is, how do you type quiet people? Simple, responding. <laughs> um, it's pretty difficult to use people. It's difficult to use the grid because there are a ton of people who are quiet, but all for different reasons. Okay. So, all right. So, hold on. All right, continue. Well, I was going to say, if they're incredibly quiet, there's a very good chance that they're responding. But if they are very quiet, they're still going to say something if you initiate with them, unless they're absolute jackasses. Right. So, initiate with them. Ask some questions. Try and speak about politics with them. Uh, ask them about the metaphysical. Ask them what they think about uh, this law or that law that's being passed. Or what do they think about... Are we talking about INFPs? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like... how do you... The person asks, how do you type quiet people? It's difficult to use the grid because there's tons of people who are quiet. Ask them questions. There's nothing stopping you from initiating. With them. Yeah, you got to initiate with a responder. Like, you have to. Yeah. Right. Or, so, or observe other people initiating with a responder. So this person's type is set as an INTP. It sounds like they are trying to type people, but they don't want to initiate because they're a responding type. And they want to be comfortable with SHL. Yep. So my advice to you would be initiate or watch other people initiate with that person. Uh, how can you... How can you let other intuitive types, especially any DOMs, know that they can be themselves around you and not have to wear a mask? I feel sometimes that my ENTP friend tries to hide his weirdness and isn't showing his true self to me all the time. Make okay. him comfortable. Make him comfortable. <laughs> That's it. You want an ENTP or an ENFP to stop lying or embellishing? Then guess what? You need to make them comfortable because that leads to, you guessed it, trust, which is what they need the most. Right. Make them comfortable. 
Woo. Driven in mostly for chat. No. Okay. Two. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be doing more of those Patreons in another in five minutes. So. Okay. Selenite asks. How do you get an ESTJ slash ICJ who is illogically slash exhaustingly condescending towards other people to stop being rude and disregarding other people? Okay, uh, you can do that by uh, doing this to them. You publicly shame them. <laughs> publicly shame them? Yep, publicly shame them. Uh, and you do that, like, let's say that if it's at work and you're in a meeting, went out point out to everyone at the meeting one of their failures. And then, and actually, when you're walking around them or you're interacting with them, keep a record of their wrongs, a date and timestamp of that, and have a nice record like written on your phone or something like that, and just pull out one of the wrong things that they've done uh, to other people. That's how you combat them. Yeah, they're gonna hate you for it, but they're already treating you like crap, you know what I mean? So they'll either right. back off or they'll escalate, and if they keep escalating as you keep doing that, then they're just liable to get fired and you don't have to ever deal with them again. Wow. Yep. That's fine. I should use that one day. It's not. It's real. That's how you take STJs down in the workplace. You just shame them, and it doesn't have to be like, and like it's like mini shaming. You know, it's 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 like mini mini shaming. All you're doing is just keeping track of everything they do wrong, and then airing it out publicly, and you do it like one at a time, slowly. You know, just well, one at a time. Would that also work with NFPs though? The STJ NFP quadrant? It would. It would work. It works with the STJ and NFP quadrant. That's correct. Yes. Ooh. And this is something that especially ENFJs and INFJs need to learn because you people keep enabling these people. Stop enabling STJs and NFPs, please. It's annoying. <laughs> please stop enabling them and start shaming them in a healthy way. You heard it, folks. Shame these people in a healthy way because it will only be for their own good. Okay, so we've got a super chat. In theory, so from Rami. In theory, could it happen that an ESFP develops TI so well, or is it just not allowed? If it is the case, they could be distinguished from ESTP. The answer to that is no. The trickster is not something to be like developed such that it can be such a really strong function that it's not an issue. They have to emulate the trickster because the trickster is still low. It's just through emulation. Now, when they have access and gain a lot of access to their unconscious side of their mind, it doesn't mean that they're increasing the frames of second you know, for that side of their mind. That's just not how it works. Now, using it over time allows them to kind of have better cognitive attitudes for those functions. But again, there's still a lack of awareness there, and that's not going to change. Right. Like, literally, if you have a trickster, what's that? 10, I think you put it as? Yep. You could theoretically come out with the same logical conclusions as, say, an INTP with TI Hero, but it'd take 10 times as long. Right. Um, go to the next question. Uh, why do you like Win so much? I.e., INTP virtue slash bias video. <laughs> that was only one time and that was absolute cancer and it'll never happen again <laughs> all right next question so you mentioned it was possible to influence the order of cognitive functions of someone while they're still growing up in a way that can they could become a certain personality type could you tell us how 
No, because we're not going to teach you how to cognitively, mentally abuse your children. Yeah, no, and otherwise <laughs> that content is due in season 17. Okay, apparently we are. Just kidding. Imran Almarzuki asks, at what age can you clearly identify your child's type? Uh, I was able to identify my child's quadra probably within one month of birth. Really? Yep. Because I knew he was responding. He did not want to sleep uh, with uh, his mother and I in bed. He's absolutely responding, so he's introverted. And uh, definitely seemed to be uh, S-E-N-I, because he just do whatever he want. He wasn't, uh, wasn't really interested in... Uh, sitting still uh, and uh, definitely movement compared to other control-based children. So I knew he was responding to movement, which means he was a finisher. So, and then at that point it was SE plus NI. So then he was like, okay, INFJ or ISTP, literally at one month. So I knew he was in the NFJ STP quadra. There you have it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's... I didn't think you could get it that early. Yes, you can. Alright. Next question is a super chat. Comes from the Sherry Hemstreet. And she asks, As an ENTP business coach to female entrepreneurs, are my most matched clients ISFP, ESFP, INTJ, ENTJ? Question mark. What? Yes, the answer to that question is yes. The SFP NTJ Quadra and also the STJ NFP Quadra would be as well. Because why? Why? Because they are all TE users. That's why. TE. But it's mostly, mostly these due to compatibility okay next question why T compatibility all right have you answered that question or yeah I answered it did you not hear me all right yeah, I heard you. I just wasn't sure if that's if you wanted to go more into detail or say anything else. All right. Next well, question. I mean, I mean, we can. I mean, it's really it, again, TE users want to latch onto that TI parent, right? It's it's that it's that important. And then, but which TE users would be the most sensitive to it? That would be the SFP NTJ Quadra because they're more compatible. I mean, it, it's really that simple. Right, right, right. We haven't really talked about professional compatibility yet, and we're, we're getting there. We'll get there. All right, uh, how would an INTJ with a very developed ESFP subconscious compared to an ISFP with a very developed ENTJ subconscious, provided both are equally intelligent and mature? So what's the difference? So what's the difference between an INTJ with a developed ESFP subconscious and an ENTJ with, sorry, how does, okay, how does an INTJ with an extremely well-developed ESFP subconscious compare to an ISFP who has a very well-developed ENTJ subconscious? Okay. So 
This person is taking charge. Um, running teams of people. And then this person, the ESFP, um, for like there's, this is the subconscious by the way, like so this is subconscious. Wow, I hate this, there we go. That's the subconscious, uh, this ESFP, it would be all about performing, um, performing well, uh, and also maybe they're like a comedian being funny, breaking the ice, etc. So that's how they're different. You want to interject on that one, Jab? Well, what I was going to say is this seems to be more of a dichotomy question. So maybe yeah, I mean I, I could see how it is a dichotomy question, but I'm kind of avoiding answering it from that point of view because I'm wanting right. I'm I, d I want people to look at things from a subconscious point of view instead of like you know ego mixed unconscious etc from that point of view. Right. Well, when I was looking at this, I think that what the person is trying to ask is: Is an INTJ who behaves like a ESFP, an introverted sounding ESFP? which would make them similar to an ISFP who behaves like an, an introverted ENTJ, would that mean those two people are similar? I think that's where the question's coming from. I think that's the motivation of the question. Right. But I think the uh, dichotomies are a false premise, so I don't think we can really answer it on that front. Yep, I agree. Okay, so let's go on to the next question. Uh, let's let's go into the Patreon questions. Let's oh, the super right. chat. More Patreon. Yep, more Patreon uh, questions. Which types are the best at imitating other types? Any users? <laughs> uh, yes, actually. Uh, so NE is known for its skill in mimicry. There's no one who can mimic better than any hero, which means automatically ENTP and ENFP are the absolute best at emulation with the INTJ and INFJ as a close second. And uh, where in a television is this easily seen? Uh, this is in a show known as Heroes, and I believe it is season uh, yeah, season two. Uh, and it's particularly the scene with uh, Siler and HRG, um, horn rim glasses guy. Uh, uh, and uh, Siler is pretending to be somebody else. And which type is Siler, folks? Siler is one of these, basically. It changes. Um, it really, really changes based on the writing as to which he is. But I would say that he is likely INTJ. Um, so wow. I can really, really make an argument for ENTP a lot. Uh, but he seems more INTJ because he's just desiring so much to uh, crack open those heads and figure out how things work. So can't let that desire in. But then he's all like, well, this is my experience. You know, I want to sink my teeth in, etc." He has those SI statements. It's just the writing changes so much. And right. I guess they're super developed. I could argue Siler is an INTJ or an ENTP as a serial killer and whatnot. So who knows? Right. I but have similar is... arguments about Littlefinger, but you seem to be adamant he's an ENTP. 
I do. I, I see. I see that e in, that si inferior depravity more so with Lindelfinger. Um, really. I really, I really do uh, compared yeah, to the others. I guess he doesn't have any me- mechanical aptitude, and I imagine. Exactly. Right. No, he doesn't. But Siler does. You know, so it's it's really hard to type Siler. It's really hard because sometimes he's informative, sometimes he's direct, sometimes he's extroverted, sometimes he's introverted. It's the writing they they've really caused him to fit like that that super villain model like so well. So. And he's here's another thing. The reason why I would consider that he's like an ENTP, he's very chaotic, neutral. Okay, and if you guys don't understand tropes, chaotic neutral is attached to ENTPs, right? And then oh. so look up tropes, guys. TVtropes.org. Chase uh, Nova said that the overlay might not be working anymore. And you might have to refresh it. So if you could refresh it really quickly. Okay. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. I want to know why I use it now. Alright. Doesn't look like it's working. So, refresh. Refreshing the widget! I did refresh and it's not, uh, it did not work apparently. So, okay. That's very sensitive. What's the next Patreon question? Okay, uh, next Patreon question. I mean, we're doing two for, for each Platinum, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you have time for it, if your mother's an ISFGA, what type is your father? All right, yes. Chase's dad is this type. ENFJ. There you go. And if you want to learn more about that, watch Season 7 episode four because that episode is basically about him virtue and vice for enfj i see all right now going to the regular patrons somebody said in the youtube that they were a platinum and then nova said that they're a gold so i'll just get their one out the way so i don't have to look for it later what kind of activities can i do to help my intp six-year-old daughter be less lazy and more active and intelligent and more interested in activities how can develop her to be a good intp Self-discipline. You have to develop self-discipline, which means you have to force your child to do activities. So, uh, how's it? What's a really good example? Guess what? Martial arts. Force them to do martial arts. Why? Because mimicry equals ne, and ne is their parent function. So. Get them to do things that involve mimicry. So martial arts, dance is another one. Uh, anything that has, it's all about mimicry. Develop the self-discipline in this child. It's very, very, very important to do so. Right. Um, okay, next question is, is Don Quixote an ENTP aspiring in his ISFJ subconscious? Don Quixote. 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 I have no idea. No clue. No, no clue. clue. Nope. And I speak Spanish and I'm kind of ashamed that I don't really answer that question actually. I have no idea who that is. Wow. Should What's I the know? name of his horse? Yes, you should know. What's the name of his horse? You ever seen the the show at the Expanse? Nope. Wow. 
probably should because the name of the ship in the expanse is known as the Rasinante, which is the name of Don Quixote's horse. I don't understand why I'm supposed to know this. It's one of the greatest television shows of all time. It's up there with Altered Carbon and uh, Game of Thrones. Like, wow. Okay. Like, sci-fi so, canceled it, and then Amazon bought it because it was so good. Really? Yep. Wait, so, what, does this take place in Mexico or something? No, it takes place in the Earth's solar system, and it's a space opera. Oh, uh, okay. One of the best sci-fis ever made, and... There's a lot of characters in the cast, but my favorite character on the cast is Gravity. I see. Yep. I am hella because confused physics, right now. Because physics matters in that television show, unlike other sci-fi shows. Uh, let me guess, you can still hear sound in space, and I bet you you can hear sound in space. Can you, Chase? Uh, you can hear sound in space on, on the inside of a ship, but outside of a ship you can't. And thank God J.J. Uh, Abrams figured that out with the first uh, of his new Star Trek films. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. With a golden pair couple like INTP and TJ, where the partners are each other's shadow, wouldn't their cognitive development be limited as neither would transition to be the same type? Benefits would be absent demon function, but surely limiting the development of the unconscious would be more harmful in the long run. No, not necessarily. Because no. when one person inevitably gets un upset because they're going to speak to other people other than each other, one's going to transition, which is going to force one of the other ones to transition, and then you got two shadows, which hold each other accountable, and then pull each other back to the ego. And it allows them to be completely understood at every level. Yes. Very important. Right, which allows you to overcome the issue, which is putting you into your shadow as opposed to... Well said, Chab. Well said. Okay. Let's go with the question. Which type has the easiest type in moving up? I thought we already asked that. I must have got to delete it. Oh, no. Okay. I don't know. It was which type has... It was the opposite. It was which type has the hardest time moving on after a breakup. Is this the opposite? Which time has the easiest? Uh, I think it's the opposite. Which time has yeah. the easiest to move on after a breakup? Yeah. ESTP. Really? Yep. Yep. And then ISTP is the second. Wow. Uh, thank you, Rami, for the $2. You just super chatted $2 without asking a question. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Coin slot accepts your $2 coin. Yes, in yes. Australia, we do have $2 coins. So. Uh, oh, a loony. And a toonie. Come at me. Uh, let's see, next question. Why aren't there more names for the functions on the right side of the mind like the left? Hero, trickster, etc.? Well, that's because hero, trickster, etc., don't change when you're using your subconscious or your demon. Exactly, they inherit. They inherit the cognitive attitudes. They inherit the cognitive attitudes, but you essentially prioritize them in a different order. Yep. So, if you think of your each of your types, you basically prioritize the cognitive functions in a certain order. Yep. And the higher up they are the stronger they are. So in your ego, you're prioritizing your strongest functions, which usually means you can actually do your best work. But if you're pushed into your shadow, you're prioritizing, say, your nemesis and your critic function. Or if you're pushed into your super ego, you're prioritizing your weakest functions, your demon and your trickster, 
and you're not going to get much done except for like all that nuclear war and like absolute destruction to start again in your Super Eco. What is a fully... Okay, well that's two questions to go to next. Um, my question was deleted with relation to what I was saying. As an ESTJ, it is too much to ask STP NFJs to wait for marriage before sex. Say oh, is it too much? Is it too much to ask for an STP slash NFJ to wait for marriage before sex? No. Wait till No, it is not too much. So this is for STP uh, NFJ. It right. depends. Like, is it, who's the who's the woman? Who's the male? I guess. Right. I mean, the STP. If the female was an STP, she would like expect it, wouldn't she? No, not necessarily. Um, you can't you can't ask them because uh, there is uh, SI. Like, I mean, um, so SI nemesis, and then you have SI critic. Oh, he said male is ESTJ. Okay. Male ESTJ. Um, no, that's fine. They can definitely wait. Uh, the reason why is because these two types still uh, they still exude loyalty. Um, if they know for a fact that you yourself are also being loyal with your um, SI parent, so right. just based on that alone. So he uh, said the males in the ESTJ and the ISTP is a female, and he means more for the female, I believe. Yeah, it's fine. If you want to be celibate, you can definitely ask them, and they should be okay with that. Like, it, right. and especially like from an STP point of view, when you have the uh, virtue and vice of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, chastity, right? So they can be pretty chaste. STPs are very chaste people, provided they know for a fact that you yourself are also willing to be chaste as well. So. Just put it out as a standard, as a boundary, it's no problem. If you don't understand standards and boundaries in relationships, what you need to do is you need to watch season four, six, and 13 on the playlists to get more information on that. Next question. Okay, next question comes from Byte. Other than SI relating to memory and comfort, what else is SI and how does SI DOM differ from NI DOM? SI is all about duty, honor, loyalty, self-discipline, which is mm -hmm. usually what I put, uh, I usually say discipline is like the main word for it. Um, duty honor loyalty discipline sense of comfort it's also long term memory access the brain's ability to uh, go there it's also a sense of what a person should do they do not do what they want they do what they should should is everything when someone says you should do this. Anytime you hear you should, guess what folks, that equals SE. When you hear I should, or what should I do, that's SI. Comes right out of our sentences, folks. I think that answers that question.
Um, okay, so next question? Yep. Okay, well, that's basically all the patrons, provided we don't... I mean, we could double up and get through another list of patrons. If you like, or we can just go back to the regular questions. Let's or go back. Finish some YouTube. Finish up on some YouTube questions. How long have we been live for? Oh, we've been live for a while. Uh, let's give this stream another ten minutes, and uh, let's 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 give the audience some YouTube questions and some Discord questions. So. All right, all right, all right. So YouTube questions. Let's go from now. Can you explain any? Explain any for us, Mister C.S. Joseph. Okay. NE equals metaphysics, um, and it is the awareness of fate, other people's fate. You have a fixed point in space-time right here, right? And then you have all these potential possibilities. Right. Like this. All of these are alternate realities, alternate universes, uh, alternate intentions, what could be going in unlimited directions, 360 degrees like a sphere. However, that fixed point in space time actually changes because time is also linear, right? And it is going well, in a direction. There be a, wouldn't there be a dot at every end of the line? Uh, potentially. I mean, you could have a dot here, you could have a dot here, you could have a dot here, you could have a dot here. Doesn't matter. Each of those are potential decisions, and then that could also extend out in different directions as well, right? So, yes. So, like, say these dots is a decision, but then all of a sudden you have a new fixed point in space-time where you're also looking at, okay, what could be, what may happen. Whereas introverted right. intuition is a little bit different. It's like a cone. Um, it sees what everyone around it is doing, basically. And then as a result of that, it's able to choose an ideal path forward. And it's very far out, man, one path. Whereas here, you can choose any of these paths. And then you have, uh, so like right here, you can go in this direction, but it's shorter range, but you can see in all directions, right? That's all it is. Um, the best use of extrovert intuition uh, in, I would say, um, uh, in film is a film called Arrival where you can actually experience what it's like to be in the mind of an any user. Also, uh, Frank Herbert's Dune because uh, the site um, of the Kwisatz Haderach uh, as known by uh, Muad'Dib, uh, the main character, aka Paul Atreides, um, uses expert intuition for his future site. It's just way further out than typical human beings would be able to do because while this is like 100 frames a second, Paul Atreides is able to get out to like 1,000 frames a second with his expert intuition and see even more fate. And this fate can go back in the past as well, past, present. It's the past and the future. Whereas over here, this is basically just the present and then it's leading to the future because this is introverted intuition. Whereas this over here is extroverted intuition, etc. So yeah, it's all about what is possible. It's about other people's intentions, what their fate is. So hopefully that makes sense in terms of what the difference between NE and NI is. Want anything to add there, Mr. Jab? No, it makes sense. Yeah, I'd look at it this way. Like um, 
Look at Ni as a cone, like literally as a cone. Let's clear the canvas here. So Ni is literally like a cone. And you have the SE down here, it's the Ni point. And the person in the center is looking at what other people are doing so it knows what it wants to do, Ni, okay? However, um, Ne is the complete opposite. You have your fixed point right here, and it is looking out towards the future in a cone. You know, it's a little bit different, right? That is how it's doing it. Okay, and that is Ne, or hold on, actually. Let's look, um, let's do it a little bit different. So right here you have SI and then up here you have NE basically. And that is literally the difference between the perception functions folks right there. All right, next question. Um, all right, let's see. How do you recommend an INTJ do better at network to do better network professionally. Okay, I was thinking this means how can an INTJ professionally network better? Okay, uh, very easily. Make yourself useful. It's literally that, uh, that simple. Make yourself useful. Yep, that's it. Basically, focus on giving others a good experience. Uh, be a comedian or um, like assist others. Um, another way to do go about doing it is this way. Focus on efficiency and optimization. And then bring these things right here, efficiency, you know, instead of just assuming that you're good enough to do it, ask first. And then as a result of asking them, then they do it. This is typically difficult for INTJs to do because they don't have a sense of FE. Because that lack of FE, it's like, well, what am I getting out of it per se? How do I know this person likes what I'm doing? So you just ask for feedback, right? Because the INTJ is really quick to provide feedback to everybody, right? Uh, so it's it's basically similar to that standpoint. Right. Do, uh, uh. We actually got a super chat, so uh, I'm going to count that as a YouTube question. I mean, with some extra dollar dues on them. Sure, sure. Uh, do you pick up do pick up artists and dating coaches just teach SP emulation or living in an FJ society? That's a great question. The answer to that is yes, yes, they do. For example, uh, for example, um. There's a pickup artist book called uh, The Mystery Method. And Mystery is uh, this guy, that's his code name, Mystery. Um, and then there's also a book called uh, The Game written by uh, a man by the name of Style, AKA uh, Neil uh, Strauss. And uh, Neil Strauss um, and Mystery, two pickup artists, etc. But in The Mystery Method, uh, this is some intuitive guy who learns something known as psychometry. Uh, he doesn't call it psychometry, he actually calls it anchoring, 
where you're literally attaching memories and experiences to physical objects and giving them to women, essentially. Very astounding, a point of view, but it's all stems from SE, extroverted sensing. It all stems from SE. So yes, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. They're just teaching SP emulation because SPs are typically attached to what women naturally perceive as alpha males. And so yes, 100% correct, yes. Right. Pick up artists just take advantage of clueless men, someone said, and I would actually respond to that. They take advantage of people who become obsessed with having sex as opposed to developing functional relations. Well said, Mr. Jab. I awesome. feel like if if you're trying to become a pickup artist just so that you can get laid, you're doing it wrong. Like you should build up your life first. Yeah, yeah, build build up your life. And, and a great book that actually talks about this is this book right here, How to Be a Three Percent Man. And while I would say the first twenty-five percent of the book is definitely pickup artist, the other seventy-five percent is get your life together and have uh, meaningful relationships. Right. Yeah. I can't wait till the day that you're like segueing into selling your own book. Like I make a statement and you're like, oh, interesting you say that, Jab. I actually just so happened to write a book about that, which you can buy in, at my store on csjoseph.life and click the book tab and it's right there at the top written by C.S. Joseph. Oh, it's yes, book. yes, yes. I'm sure something like that will come eventually and I'm sure people <laughs> will tell me that it has to happen, but whatever. Okay, yeah, uh... sure. All right, we got a minute left here, so let's get another question. We got a minute left. Uh, clean up your goddamn room. No. <laughs> um, what? I thrive in chaos, so I will leave my room chaotic. Um. Don't give me that Jordan Peterson control crap. Uh, what does each female MBTI type want? Ooh. Well, that's a very long question. Yeah, that's a very long question. I'm not answering that. Give me a different question. Um, what advice would you give to an NFP that lost an NFJ parent? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, basically, uh, you need to assign uh time. Uh, for uh, morning, basically, sign time for morning. And uh, for me, I, I had a similar experience. I've lost a lot, a lot of people, most notably an NTJ who's very precious to me. Uh, and uh, I mourn her once a year, um, once a year. And it's always the same time every year. Uh, and that for me is the uh, 26th of February. I do that every right. year. Uh, that's my day of mourning, and I mourn all the people that I've lost. Uh, I even I even buried uh, one of my uh, my INFJ uh, best um, my best friends. Um, we played internet spaceship games together. Um, his name was Lawrence. Uh, good man. Uh, he introduced me to games like uh, Trade Wars uh, 2002 and Wing Commander. Um, and that's all from him. And I always wished I could play EVE Online with him, but we never got the chance because he had left us uh, after uh, basically committing suicide at one point in time. 
So, uh, and I not buried him. But uh, that the point is, is that as an SI inferior, as as an NFP or even an SI child, you need to have a day of mourning every year and just let it all out. And it's okay. Like it's literally okay. You just do it like once a year at a minimum. You have to be okay with mourning because if you're not going to mourn, uh, it's that scar is just going to be there. And you know, in order to keep something like from not being a scar, you need to like get some kind of catharsis because right. catharsis is everything. Because catharsis leads to healing, folks. If you don't get catharsis, you're not going to heal. And I got a lot of wounds and I got a lot of scars in my life. And then every day I am working really hard specifically to reach catharsis. So get catharsis. Right. Catharsis well, can also lead to redemption. So Right. What I would say is, um, you know, I'm sure that INFJ person meant a lot to you. Sorry, was it INFP morning and INFJ? Sorry, was it an NFJ morning and NFP or an NFP morning and NFJ? Well, NFP regardless. NFP morning and NFJ. Okay. Well, I would say that the most important thing for you to realize is um, that person won't ever die if you allow them to live on in your heart. Yep. So just never forget about them. Right in the fields. Right in the fields, man. Yep. Um. Uh, next question. I, uh, no, we're good. That's it. Oh, that's it. Yep. So don't forget, folks. Season seventeen, episode two. We're gonna be talking about the ego that comes out tonight. There's also the ENTJ article, um, which is that already, also out. already Already has out. some absolutely rave reviews of ENTJs going like, "Oh my god, this article is literally inside my head." So, okay. I and guarantee then, you, if you know any ENTJs, send it to them. Send it to them, and you've, we've literally got an extra fan to the show. Awesome. And then uh, Patreon uh, private lecture is coming out this weekend, Season 14, Episode 6, uh, which is uh, uh, the golden pair for ESFPs and ISFJs. And don't forget, folks, most of the upcoming episodes are INTJ... INFJ, uh, INFP, and INTP related. We have a lot of episodes focusing on those four types. You're going to want to get in on that. So make sure that uh, you folks are ready uh, for that huge amount of content. Because if you've noticed, we've been spending a lot on a lot of time on sensors, like introverted sensors. It's time we spend a lot of time on introverted intuitive. So. It's going to be fantastic, and I'm like looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that five second video. Yeah. Also, I will be uh, in Atlanta. Um, I will be in Atlanta, third week of April, uh, and I think we have some CSJ staff that are going to be visiting me in Atlanta as well. So uh, maybe we'll put up something out on the meetup. Uh, who knows? We'll find out. So awesome. Anything else, Jab, before we go? Um, No, just uh, check out that ENTJ article. It's really good, by the way. Really good. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Share it on Facebook. You know you want to. You know you want to. All right. Well, fair enough, folks. Uh, have a good night. Thank you for joining us for question and answer. We're going to be doing these at Thursday, 9 Eastern from now on. And uh, so Tuesdays and Thursdays, 9 Eastern for our live streams. Uh, be there. Uh, yeah. And 
We're actually going to be on time this uh, in I, the future. We were pretty on time tonight. Not gonna lie. So yeah, yeah. Not not gonna lie. So we're, we're... only two minutes late. That that's that counts. Yeah, it counts. So any of you folks, uh, we hear you. We're trying to uh, get production quality up as well as being into streams on time. Uh, we're definitely making an effort to do that. Thank you all for your patience. We really appreciate it. Um, otherwise, uh, you folks have a good night. And I'm going to get something to eat later. Later, 